Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. The Apostle Paul wrote much of the New Testament of the Bible that we read today, yet we understand that in his lifetime, he was not much accepted amongst the masses. Not only was he despised and rejected amongst his brethren, the Pharisees, not only was he hunted and persecuted by the enemy, by Rome, but also was he even wounded by those of the faith. Even the very churches that he himself had planted eventually turned against him. So much so that he ended his days in prison, stating that many who once supported him now opposed him, accusing him of being the enemy of God that God himself had abandoned him. Paul endured great trials of affliction for his faithfulness to the instructions, leadings, and teachings of Jesus. Men will not understand what the Holy Spirit says to you, my friend. You have to be willing to count the cost, pick up your cross, and obey him, and still show mercy, love, and compassion in the process. Paul tells young Timothy, one of his faithful few, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, he says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, because that at this time most had rejected it. The manner of life, purpose, faith, the long-suffering, the charity, the patience, the persecutions, the afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, and at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but yet out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Paul says it so plainly and so clearly that all who will live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. My friend, if you desire to please men, you will displease the one who has called you to speak the truth to them. This is the hard truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we are called to show mercy to the ones who despise us. We have to love them enough to speak truth to them in love and brokenness, but understand that most will reject it. Not just the prideful and the arrogant, the wicked, the lost, the sinners, but also those of the household of faith, because that it is so easy for many to be deceived by the enemy. Remember that even Paul came to that place where he said that only Titus and Timothy stood with him. All else had forsaken him and even preached against him. Nevertheless, did he profess, it doesn't matter, they're still preaching Jesus. And he continued to pray for them. He even tells the few that still follow him to remember the place that they came from, that they might maintain their bowels of mercy and compassion. I'm telling you, my friend, that if you are obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit, it will cause those that you love to rise up against you. Jesus even said that it would be those of our own household at time, but that doesn't make them our enemy. It gives us more reason to fast and pray and intercede for them. We have to only increase in love for them. Those of our churches, those whom, as Paul said, we have birthed and labored forth in the ministry and in the kingdom, disciples, 
spiritual children. They all will get offended at some point or another, and many of them will even leave you or despise you or turn against you. It's okay, sister, brother. Keep praying for them. Keep loving. Keep demonstrating. Remember the times that you didn't get it right. Remember the times that the enemy deceived and continue to be mercy. Jesus came to not only be our salvation and the propitiation of our sin, our forgiveness, but he came to demonstrate to us how to walk in it. He tells us that we must forgive those that hurt us and wound us. We have to look past the temporary, past this moment and fight for the souls of men to bring them into the kingdom, into something eternal. My friend, don't let a quick incident rob you of a crown or a victory that may be coming because the devil is going to cause those you were meant to fight for to hurt you the most because he wants you to lose your heart for them. Remember what Paul said to us in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3 about Jesus. Consider him, Jesus, that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Jesus was righteous. He was doing only what the Father said to do. The things he preached, even the corrections that he gave, were only meant to save, to help them, to get them back into right standing, to position them in their placement in destiny and in the kingdom. Yet they fought against him they despised and rejected him most abandoned him and he was perfection he did everything right my friend if they did it to him the master they'll do it to you the servant if you seek to please men you'll end up following an antichrist spirit because the bible tells us that it moves in flattery in lying signs and wonders and in deception Oh, it'll give you a word and it'll be what you want to hear and you'll never get mad at it. But the true servant of God, they will suffer persecution because like Paul and like Jesus, they'll speak the truth in love, even though it hurts them. And they will love you and keep praying and fighting for you when you don't see it. When they're in their prison cell or in their garden of Gethsemane, they will be mercy. They will be compassion. They will be forgiveness. They will be intercession. They will be the one who stands between taking the blows from hell and pleading with heaven, saying, Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. The sons of thunder, the disciples of Jesus, James and John, were quick-tempered in the moment that men stood against them and reviled them. They told Jesus to call fire down from heaven and consume them, and Jesus corrected them. He said, I didn't come to destroy them. I came to save them. Remember the mission, my friend. Don't get frustrated and forfeited. Paul had patience, even in his prison. He loved and prayed for them that persecuted him, because that Paul himself had persecuted Jesus. Because Paul himself had come from this position, and he remembered from whence he had come. Before his road to Damascus experience, he hurt Jesus by hurting his body, the body of Christ, the saints, those which he inhabited and instructed. Paul seeked to hinder his work at every opportunity, but when Paul was doing these things, Paul was deceived by the enemy. He truly thought that he was doing the right thing. God had to remove the scales from his eyes. He had to be born again before he could see the truth of the kingdom of heaven. 
the fact that he worked against God and against the brethren in actuality is no poor reflection on his intelligence because that no man can see the things of the kingdom of heaven or understand the depths of the truth of God's kingdom. Those spiritual things unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to them. The devil is very cunning, my friend. But Paul had a divine intervention because that I believe someone was praying for him. In fact, we know that Paul was on the road to Damascus to retrieve Christian prisoners, possibly to bring them to their executioners. I can't help but believe that these faithful saints of the king took Jesus' words very literally, and in doing so prayed for those who persecuted them. And in this case, obeying that commandment meant that they were praying for Paul while he was on the road to Damascus. I think that remembering this would later help Paul not to become bitter, hard, or arrogant against his own persecutors, but rather to have compassion and mercy and continue to pray for them no matter what he went through. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he gives this instruction. He says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the same spirit that now worketh, in the children of disobedience, Paul was reminding the Ephesians that as they deal with these sinners, these children of disobedience don't become so arrogant or hard-hearted or haughty against them to remember that they were once one of them, as was he. Because he tells them these children of disobedience remember that we, speaking of them and he himself, we all had our conversation together with them in past times in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as all these others now are. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By his grace we are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Paul preached mercy because he had received it, and he said we've got to keep remembering and reminding ourselves of this daily, and we've got to be willing to give it and to keep fighting for the brethren. Even though while he preached it, he was in a prison cell despised and rejected by most of them, even the ones that he himself had established, still he forgave and interceded for them. Still he defended the body of Christ as though it was his own, because it was. Remember that we're told that if the foot says that it is not the foot, it doesn't make it not the foot. Even though they didn't think that Paul was part of the body, it didn't mean that he wasn't. And he still had a purpose in fighting for the healing of it. When one part of the body is hurt, all of it is hurt and should react to protect and to cover and to heal the wounded part. 
not to further attack it. Yes, there is purpose in pointing out the tactics of the enemy that have caused the wound in the first place. That's part of preaching and teaching. But the true body of Christ does not attack the wounded part until it kills it. In fact, it moves to heal it. So, my friend, if you are truly part of the body, then how can you do your part? How can you help to heal the wounds? How do you know what to do? You get instruction from the head, which is Christ, Jesus. So stop reacting and take some time to get alone with him in the prayer closet until he causes you to feel the hurt of it that you might move in mercy and wisdom. The last thing you want to do is move when you're calloused, separated from the leading of the Holy Spirit, because you'll end up moving by the influence of the enemy. Sometimes those instructions are to act. Sometimes it is to send a message. Sometimes it is simply to get out of the way of the part that is more effective. Let the head lead the members and all will work together perfectly. Because you've got to remember these things, my friend. You can't choose to lead. You have to be submitted to the one who is the head of all things unto the church. Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the heart. He knows that sometimes people hurt because they've been hurt. They act out out of fear like a wounded dog biting at someone who is trying to mend their wounds. Sometimes people with good intentions are confused by the enemy who again is a master deceiver and manipulator. Sometimes people hurt others out of a fear of failure, like a drowning swimmer who pulls their rescuer under the water trying to climb on top of them. Lifeguards are actually taught that when this happens, it's sometimes better to just pull back and wait for them to exhaust themselves in their own efforts. Even if it almost kills them, it's better to wait and then come back in at the right moment of weakness when they have ceased from their fighting and striving and can simply let themselves be delivered by the hand of their rescuer. The point of what I'm telling you today is this, that sometimes you will get hurt, and not just by the obvious, but even by the church. There are those that are still learning. There are the deceived, the immature, the misled, the selfish, the spiteful, the disillusioned, the abusive, the pharaohs and the Caesars, the Pauls and the Davids, the wicked, the straying, and the mistaken. And we must forgive, love, cherish, and fight for all of them. Because remember that they were meant to have a place in the body. And if they are not functioning properly in it, then all are suffering because of it. Like a wound, pray for it and ask the Lord to heal it. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.